Hello, my name is Andrew Laposha, and welcome to The Twilight Years. On today's episode, we will be looking at the death and final years of Walt Disney. Walt Disney certainly needs no introduction. We all know his name, his work, and his legacy. I would say he was a visionary genius, but we all know that. He is one of the most well-known figures of the 20th century and possibly even of all time. On a personal level, he is one of my heroes. I have seen pretty much all the animated films, been to Disney World seven times, and my wife and I even had a Disney-themed wedding reception. When I was a kid, I knew every detail about Walt's life. However, one aspect of his life I did not have vast knowledge about was his death. Like I said in the trailer for this series, many biographies do not go into such in-depth detail about the subject's death and final years. I read many biographies about him in my day, and while they often did talk about his death, it always left me wanting more information. Today we will look at the widely admired man and talk about the moments leading to his death. It should be noted that Walt Disney was quite active towards the end of his life. In fact, his last few years were some of the busiest of his career, especially with the success of Mary Poppins, which he considered to be his crowning achievement. So I will not talk as much about that period. Walt's health decline only lasted a few months, so the focus will be on that portion of his life. In September 1966, Walt gave a press conference with California Governor Edmund Brown. The press conference was to talk about a ski resort in Southern California to be called the Mineral King Ski Resort. Journalists noted that Walt looked rather gaunt. As a side note, the ski resort was never developed, though Mineral King became part of Sequoia National Park. Walt was hard at work for what he referred to as the Florida Project. On October 27, 1966, Walt filmed segments where he gave detailed looks about the project as well as the groundbreaking concept for a community called the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, or EPCOT for short. He also filmed a segment for the movie Follow Me Boys. Major concepts in development at the Disney Studios at the time were the animated feature The Jungle Book, the live-action musical The Happiest Millionaire, the animated short Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, and the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. Around this time, Walt also gave the green light for production to begin on an animated feature called The Aristocats. If you're like me and you wanted to start a podcast, but were not very tech-savvy, you wouldn't have known what to do. Then I heard about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Walt was a lifelong smoker. According to legend, his cough always alerted his employees that he was nearby. On November 2, 1966, just a few days after filming the segments, Walt went to St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank, California, complaining of pain in his neck and back. Walt was scheduled for neck surgery in the near future for a polo injury. However, during the x-rays, a large tumor was discovered on his left lung. Surgery was recommended. Walt left the hospital to take care of some studio business and went back to the hospital a few days later. The tumor had spread even further and surgery was performed to remove his entire lung. The Disney Studios released a statement saying that Walt was on the mend and hoped to return to work soon. John Wayne, who had had his own lung removed just a short time earlier, sent Walt a telegram saying, Welcome to the club. Despite good reports, Walt's prognosis was very grim. 
he was given six months to two years to live. Walt went back to the studio to do more work, though he kept secret the severity of his situation. Walt only saw one scene completed from the upcoming Pirates of the Caribbean ride, the auctioneer scene. The whole scene was set up in the Burbank studio, and Walt was pushed along in a wooden bench on wheels so he could view the scene at the proper pace. At the time, Pirates was being pushed for a December opening. Walt asked if they would have it done by then, and was told that if they did, it would not look perfect. Walt told them not to approve its opening until it was perfect, even if it took longer to complete. During his visit, he talked with his longtime animator, Mark Davis. At the end of their meeting, Mark could tell something was wrong when Walt left and used the word goodbye. This was strange because Walt would always say, see you later, or keep up the good work. On November 30th, 1966, Walt collapsed at his home. Fortunately, he was revived by the paramedics, but was taken back to St. Joseph's Hospital. Walt spent the next couple weeks in varying states of consciousness. December 5th was his 65th birthday, and his wife and children spent the day at his bedside. Roy, Walt's brother and business partner, sent him a telegram saying, Hope this finds you feeling better. This is your day, and Edna and I send our love, not only for today, but always. Walt and Roy still discussed company matters, even in the hospital. Walt looked up at the ceiling and mapped out his plans for the Florida project. Roy left in tears. Walt asked his nurse to raise his bed up so that he could look towards Disney Studios, which were just across the street from the hospital. Roy ordered all the lights in the studio to be turned on. The next morning, December 15, 1966, at 9.35 a.m., Walt Disney passed away. The world was shattered by his death. Cartoons were made in the newspapers of Mickey Mouse and various other Disney characters crying and mourning Walt's death. There was talk of closing Disneyland that day, but it was kept open because that is what Walt would have wanted. However, the flags on Main Street USA were lowered at half-mast. Before we go any further, I wanted to address a few of the myths and rumors surrounding Walt's death. First of all, there is a rumor that Walt's dying words were him writing down the name Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell himself has always claimed this was true, but let's look at this more closely. To preface this myth, at the time of Walt's death, Kurt Russell was a 15-year-old contract player for the Walt Disney Company. In Walt's last filmed appearance for the movie Follow Me Boys, which starred Russell, Walt stated that Kurt had a great acting future. Shortly before Walt was hospitalized for the last time, he had written a note detailing future projects. The second item on the list was Kurt Russell, albeit spelled wrong. A Disney archivist named David Smith found the note in 1970 after he had been tasked with documenting Walt's office. He showed it to a young Kurt Russell, who was very flattered. However, it is not true. While it is possible that Walt had Kurt Russell on his mind at the time of his death, it was not the very last thing he wrote or said. Another rumor about Walt's death was if he left a video for Disney executives in which he addressed each one by name and told them how to run the company. This one is also false. It is a common misconception that Walt was the owner and CEO of Walt Disney Studios. He may have been a guiding force, but he was more of an independent contractor. His brother Roy was more the head of the company. However, Roy did meet with executives a week after Walt's death to discuss the company's future. Also, it is worth noting that the Disney company faltered for a while in the 1980s when their stock fell and the movies they put out at the time did poorly at the box office. So if Walt were to have made such a video, the executives really didn't pay attention. There is also rumor that Walt had a stipulation in his will that he would give money to the first man to ever get pregnant. No one knows how or why this rumor got started, but it is also not true. Walt's will is public record, and he left 45% of his estate to his wife and daughters, 45% to the Disney Foundation, 
and 10% to other family members. But perhaps the biggest rumor surrounding Walt's death was whether or not he was cryogenically frozen until reanimation was discovered. Some say that his frozen corpse was placed under the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Some say it was just his head that was frozen. One ridiculous aspect of the myth states that he was frozen while wearing a Snow White dress and placed in a glass casket. But the answer to this rumor is a hard no. Per his wishes, Walt was actually cremated and his ashes were buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. His family has always denied the claim and there is no mention of it in his will. Also, the first known instance of cryogenic freezing of a corpse happened a month after Walt's death. Walt hated funerals and rarely attended them. No announcement was made for his own. He had a small private funeral two days after his death that was only attended by close family. He was cremated immediately afterwards, though Forest Lawn held on to his ashes for a year until plans for a family plot were finalized. After Walt's death, his brother Roy postponed his retirement so that the Florida Project could be finished. As a tribute to Walt, he named the Florida Project Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World opened on October 1st, 1971, with Roy giving the opening dedication speech, with Mickey Mouse and Walt's widow Lillian by his side. Lillian said that Walt would have approved. After Walt Disney World opened, Roy finally retired. However, two months later, on December 20th, Roy died of a cerebral hemorrhage at the same hospital his brother died at five years earlier. Lillian suffered a stroke on December 15, 1997, exactly 31 years to the day after her husband's death. She died the next day at the age of 98. To say that Walt's legacy lives on is an understatement. The Disney Company only becomes more of an entertainment juggernaut as time goes on. The Walt Disney Company is one of the most profitable companies in the world, and it is all thanks to one man and his innovative vision. Thank you all for listening to The Twilight Years. Please don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are included in the description of this episode. If possible, leave me a review. If you have any requests for somebody you would like to see talked about on this podcast, let me know and I will do my best to get to them. Thanks again for listening. My name is Andrew Laposha, and I will see you next time. Thank you.